You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Jonathan Bartolini. When companies dispose of their e-waste, it's not enough just to send it to a recycler. They have to find out what happens to the e-waste, where it's sent for processing, who's handling it, and how it's processed. AAR Worldwide handles e-waste in countries around the world, working primarily with telecommunications companies and electronics manufacturers. John Dickinson of AAR spoke with GreenBiz Radio about what his company is doing about the e-waste problem, what businesses should know when they're getting rid of their e-waste, and how proper disposal can have benefits in addition to helping the environment. John, if you could start off introducing yourself and explaining what AER Worldwide does. This is John Dickinson, Vice President of Business Development at AER Worldwide, uh, located in Fremont, uh, California. AER Worldwide is a global electronics recycler and asset recovery company supporting electronics producers with their environmental management of their products as they come off the market. Who are your primary customers and what types of e-waste are they typically trying to get rid of? Our primary customers are generally global electronics companies who care what happens with their products at at the end of life. The e-waste that they are trying to get rid of uh, generally is two things. It can be their own products, and increasingly there's legislation globally for electronics producers to take responsibility for their products at the end of life. And also, there are, of course, the products that they use in their day-to-day working lives, the uh, laptops, PCs, printers, um, smartphones, etc., that they use also. There's two types of e-waste. And also regarding uh, AER, in terms of those customers, we uh, really do three things for them. One is to provide what we call brand protection to them, and that is to ensure that as their products come off the market or even, say, come out of their laboratories, that if they want that product destroyed, that it is destroyed and preventing any gray market issues. Uh, Secondly, and uh, most importantly, that uh, whether it's destroyed or not, that the products coming off the market and the materials that make up those products are handled optimally from an environmental standpoint. That is, either they're reused, which in some cases the customer will allow, and secondly, if not, the materials that come out of the recycling and destruction process are then themselves reused, uh, steel going back into steel production, aluminum back into aluminum production, uh, gold, etc., etc., those two uh, items, brand protection and environmental management, really mitigates the risks of products coming off the market and normally cost money to do correctly. The third most important thing we do is asset recovery, and we are an independent stocking distributor of electronic materials, and those materials are generally harvested from excess obsolete and scrap electronic products from those customers, and if they want us to resell those, we will resell them and then uh, basically split the proceeds with them with the intent that uh, that income goes to pay for the cost of uh, environmentally, of managing the end-of-life products correctly. I'm sure the reasons you just gave play into this, but what are the main concerns customers give when they come to you? Why why do they come to AER to dispose of their e-waste? They do, and to some extent, repeating on part of this maybe, but their concerns are that um, if the products coming off, 
uh, the market that it does come off the market and it doesn't go into a gray market or in some cases pieces of it lead to counterfeiting. Uh, so that's the aspect of destruction or what we call brand protection. And the second aspect is to ensure that uh, the products are handled correctly from an environmental standpoint, um, which on a top-level basis means um, they don't want to see their product and their brand name in, uh, you know, incorrectly handled and in, a, let's say, a dump somewhere in the developing world where it should not be. So that means in handling their products to satisfy all environmental regulations, whether they be global, uh, whether they be local, country, or in a sense, global, uh, to optimize environmental and economic aspects by reusing and then recycling. And lastly, increasingly more important, ensuring the resource recovery of the materials that went into their products, um, the metals, plastics, etc. For companies that are looking to start recycling their e-waste or even companies that already have e-waste recycling programs, what should they look for when they're looking for an e-waste recycler? One of the principal things is to ask for and to audit where everything goes after it uh, leaves their business. For the most part, <clears throat> companies that do e-waste recycling have what are called downstreams, and those are companies that handle the materials that leave their site. For instance, an e-waste recycler is generally, not always, but generally not a steel producer. So um, uh, the materials coming out of the process, whether it be steel, aluminum, plastics, um, and most importantly, the printed circuit board assemblies or integrated circuits, to ensure that those are handled correctly all the way through the reverse supply chain. And a big part of that is auditing to, first of all, ask where it goes. Second of all, audit and actually go out and see where that material goes. Of course, another more obvious one is to ensure that they have all the permitting needed to operate. It's in Silicon Valley or uh, Chennai, India, or in Argentina uh, to make sure that all the correct permitting is held by the company. Thirdly, uh, one that we strongly endorse is have long-term contracts with the company. Look for companies that have a history and are really in this business for the long term. Physically see the permits, um, look for references, and generally look, again, for companies that are not simply brokers of the material, but that actually process the material and then provide you all the uh, exactly transparently how the material flows, ultimately back into new electronics products. Along those same lines, within e-waste, are there any types of materials that cannot be recycled? Should businesses be concerned when they're purchasing new equipment about what that product contains and whether or not all the parts of it can be fully recovered or recycled? Yeah, strangely enough, the parts that, that we have a problem with not being able to recycle tend to be more packaging-type products than they are the actual products themselves. As um, At our main site in Fremont, California, we track on a monthly basis what percentage of our materials actually go to the um, waste management company, and that tends to be less than, point, uh, less than half a percent, and the materials Again, packaging, and in some cases, the internal packaging in the manufacturing process. Uh, two examples are anti-static bags, uh, which hold electronics products uh, during the manufacturing and supply chain process to build them. If anyone knows of a way to recycle anti-static bags, please let us know because we have not been able to find one yet. Uh, secondly, uh, there's a certain type of um, packaging used in the telecom and networking industry, which is um, plastic, um, foam, or LDPE fastened to corrugate. 
to cardboard. In that one also, it can be reused, and we reuse both these products extensively, but that uh, when they can no longer be reused, unfortunately, those go to landfill, and we're looking for solutions for those. Uh, reciprocally, when buying new product items to avoid, they're actually kind of hard to say. Uh, one mantra in a recycling business is to always buy recycled and thereby close the loop of the recycling process. Uh, however, that is um, a bit difficult to look to do. Certainly products that use aluminum. Uh, for instance, um, most of the new Apple products, uh, the casing is actually aluminum, and aluminum is a very readily recycled product globally. So that's something to look for. Again, I, looking at the items that uh, make up both the packaging and the product to see if the materials are easily recycled and to ensure and to look at... For instance, Europe has eliminated certain hazardous substances by the Reduction in Hazardous Substances Act and to support that. AER operates in a number of different countries. Within those countries, do you run into conflicting or widely different laws that cover e-waste? Absolutely. In fact, uh, this one I uh, could talk for hours on or days <laughs> because it's highly important to us uh, in AER's role to support our own environmental goals. Uh, globally and our customers. Um, explicitly, AER operates in the, both the developing world and the developed world because, as I think everyone knows, most of the electronics products are actually produced in the developing world. Uh, as such, we have facilities in Guadalajara, Mexico, Penang, Malaysia, and Chennai, India, and we work in those countries uh, with the local municipalities and the federal governments to create, uh, we believe, the most optimal e-waste laws. And in, it can be a complicated thing as countries are developing their e-waste laws. We also have joined a group. We're a charter member of a group called STEP. It's a United Nations-sponsored uh, and coordinated group. The words stand for Solving the E-Waste Problem. And it's a group of producers federal agencies uh, such as the U.S. EPA is a big member of it, etc., and some recyclers and NGOs and development groups on a global basis trying to improve how e-waste is handled. Uh, we strongly support that group, and we work intensively in both the policy work that the group does and uh, work to promote reuse as well as recycling correctly. Uh, for instance, in India, we started up our facility in Chennai, India, a few years ago, and have worked with this step group on creating what's called a clean e-waste channel uh, within India. As everyone knows, um, India became a large software development and business process outsourcing area many years ago, and because of that, there is a high volume of electronic products there. And um, we are working with the government and um, industry to create this clean e-waste channel. Back to the uh, first part of the question, which was, do we run into conflicting or widely different laws? Absolutely. Two examples are uh, the first country to really, well, first region slash country to really put in clear e-waste laws is the European Union, uh, which in August of 2005, started the uh, what's called the Waste Electrical and Electronic Equipment Directive, uh, which directed the member states of the EU, uh, the countries in the EU, to put in e-waste laws. 
even that directive uh, spurred different interpretations of the law by the different governments of the different member states, causing a very complicated situation for the producers and everyone else in, involved in recycling. We are working uh, with the STEP group and other ones to try to harmonize those laws a bit within the EU. However, as you come to the U.S., which does not have federal regulations regarding e-waste, and thereby each of the countries, uh, I'm sorry, each of the states in the United States are developing their own e-waste laws. They are even different from, much more different than the European uh, member states' laws, and that's because there is no directive from the federal government in the United States uh, causing an even more problematic situation for all members involved in trying to promote, uh, again, a clean clean e-waste channel. Um, as such, we are a strong proponent of harmonization of those laws region-wise, uh, country-wise, and globally in order to basically make a more clean clean e-waste channel throughout the globe. In a lot of environmental issues, we've seen a lot of movement, especially in the past few years, from businesses and from the population in general. Have you seen that also with e-waste, with more businesses, more people getting on board within recent years, or has it been more of a steady increase? Yes, absolutely. In terms of the last two years, in the electronics industry, there has been just an increasingly developing uh, interest in this area and ensuring that um, their products are handled correctly uh, globally. Uh, it has been kind of refreshing and good to see this, and it's in areas that um, don't currently even have legislation. For instance, the United States, I think a lot of it pushes to, um, to create good e-waste legislation and to uh, create good recycling industry in the U.S. is actually coming from industry um, due to the lack of leadership on a federal level. In, in Europe, the, the leader and the kind of um, the, one, the entity pushing it is the European Union and the European Commission uh, creating the, the WE legislation that I uh, just spoke of. But in the U.S. and in other parts of the world, it, uh, to a great extent in some areas, is industry that's uh, leading this. And um, I might add, uh, of course, the NGOs and other environmental groups um, working this issue have been proponents for, you know, for years. And in a lot of ways, the, those um, non-governmental groups working with industry and government is the best way to really create uh, good uh, legislation and good, a good in, clean industry. Is there anything else you'd like to add? The last thing I'd like to add is that um, AER's intent is to support uh, Silicon Valley and electronics producers, consumers, and NGOs and the government um, in whatever region we work in. And if you are interested in um, understanding how to properly manage your e-waste, uh, please give us a call. All right, John. Thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com. <laughs>